Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. There are things known and there are things unknown. And in between are the doors of perception. That quote is from Aldous Huxley, and one more quote for you all before we get started today. Fear is a shadow of false perception and unreal imaginations. That quote is from Debussy Smyrta. Forgive my pronunciation. Uh, hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jovan Hundle, and today's theme is all about common portrayals and perceptions of teens. Hey all, I'm Jack Palacos. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We have just launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund for victims in and around Chico and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. So please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. And to start off this hour, we have an excellent treat for you all. We'll be reading the Gift of Understanding chapter by Express Yourself star Young Juju. This chapter is actually from our brand new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. And the book is available now at CynthiaBryan.com slash online store, as well as Amazon. Without further ado, here is the Gift of Understanding by Young Juju. After five years of constant, diligent practice at the archery range and of experience from attending state to international competitions, I finally hit a snag in my path. Until that fifth year, I had been gradually rising up the ranks, finally performing my best at competitions. However, despite my devotion and progress as a competitive archer, I suddenly fell into a slump during the beginning of my fifth year. Before then, I never truly understood the workings of a slump. How could individuals as skilled as Olympic athletes fall into slumps? Of course, I soon came to understand slumps in a much more personal manner than I had ever expected. My rankings at competitions quickly flipped from the top 10 to the last 10. At first, though dismayed and confused, I persisted in my practices, working even harder to overcome these obstacles, but eventually, poor results at competition after competition began to weigh down on me. As my scores grew worse and my desperation greater, I arrived at one of the last competitions of the year with hope. 
To my despair, this competition was no different from the others. However, one new aspect was the method behind target assignments. After the first day of the competition, the archers were assigned to new targets in order of their current rankings. As I had shot poorly the previous day, I stood among the last few archers on the mile-long field. On the other side of the range were my successful peers who had once deemed me fair competition. Upon realizing this, I couldn't resist feelings of disappointment and embarrassment. I had always imagined some sort of predetermined fate between archery and myself, as my first meeting with my coach had been a coincidental encounter during a thoughtless visit to the local range. One might expect that I wanted to hide so that no one would recognize me and spread rumors. This would be the natural conclusion for most people, even for those who were close to me. Instead, it was just the opposite. I wanted someone to recognize me, to question why I was at this end of the field, and to acknowledge me so that I could confirm that during the past five years of competing, I had made some sort of impact or presence in the tents of world archery. Of course, I didn't expect anyone to know this. How could anyone guess that I wanted to be recognized? How could anyone predict that my thoughts, uh, when they were based on experiences that only I knew of? With little expectation of comfort from the people around me, I turned my despair inward. Suddenly, a stranger, the mother of another archer, told me, I know you. You've been at other competitions. You're good. The first three words of this brief conversation shocked me and entirely changed the course of my day. In short, I was absolutely relieved that someone had recognized me. I gained confidence in myself and no longer felt the threat of emotional collapse. I finally recovered from my slump after that competition. For a long while, I wondered how she knew my exact thoughts that day. Otherwise, how could she have said all the right words? Finally, after much contemplation, I realized that she hadn't read my mind or known my exact feelings. She had merely acknowledged me and offered a few words of support. As I had been insecure and desperate at the time, those words just seemed very personal and specific to me. She couldn't have known my thoughts. Her experiences during the last five years as a mother would have been significantly different from mine as a teenage competitive archer. Despite this fact, she was able to alleviate my stress and lift a long-lasting weight from my heart. No experience is the same. We all have different backgrounds and identities. Every memory originates from somewhere different. A family death for one person is different for another. My memories of my childhood are mine and mine alone. Thus, we can never completely understand another's exact thoughts and feelings. We can come close, but never reach absolute understanding. When we say, I understand, to a friend in despair or grief, we say it to provide comfort. For these reasons, understanding can be simplified to this, support. If there's one thing that we can truly understand about one another, it is the need for support. When people ask you to understand, they're asking for support, not telepathic abilities. As people, support is the best we can do, and the only true form of understanding that we can provide. The world is constantly changing, becoming more and more technological, more and more digitalized. For me, a few words made the whole difference. With today's technology, a few words can travel across the world within seconds. Even if your family or friends live on a different continent and you are beside them to see what they're seeing and feel what they're feeling, you can show them that you understand by supporting them through a simple message via any social media network, through an encouraging voice across the phone, and through a smile during video calls. With current technological advancements, communication is endless, improving our understanding of one another and the world. Here's an exercise called Understanding in Your Life. Call a friend or family member who has been stressed or disparated lately. Let them talk to you about their recent problems. 
Tell them that you will always be there for support and that you understand. Or if you have been stressed recently, talk to someone about your problems. Ask for their support and understanding. Just a few words can make all the difference. True understanding exists in the form of support. This is a quote from Young Ju Chu. Wow. So, you know, I think a lot of the um, chapters in our new anthology really do fit in line with our theme today of understanding, you know, these common perceptions and portrayals of teen, teens uh, with a lot of, you know, teens and millennials, boomers, anybody from generations uh, striking down these common perceptions of them maybe and sharing their own experiences. But I think this chapter specifically pro- provided a very good look into that just because, you know, um, so young Ju, she had this perception of herself and she thought that this perception that she had of herself of kind of being in the slum getting some low place finishes and competitions she thought that you know her perception of herself was the portrayal that other people were seeing but when she found out that you know this mother of another competitor recognized her and thought she was good knew her from these past competitions that showed her that you know your perception of yourself might not always be in conjunction with other people's um, perception of you when they see the portrayal you present to the world. And so, yeah, I think this chapter was a really good look into that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that this chapter also did a good job at encouraging people to kind of speak out for themselves and to not let life as a whole just get them down just because a couple things go wrong, which I think is a really important message because it's really easy sometimes to just completely give up on something just because a few little things go wrong or you know maybe a few bigger things like I definitely can see how losing a bunch of competitions in a row after just winning a bunch of competitions in a row would initially be shocking and then you would just start feeling a little bit sad and more sadder every time you or you know enter a competition and you keep doing poorly despite all of the practice that you've been putting in and the fact that you used to be good. But I think it's good that, you know, she didn't give up on her goal and all it took was just one person not even really reaching out to her, but just saying a couple nice words that really made the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that, you know, that's a very important uh, lesson to be learned. I really liked how she sort of summed down the idea of understanding into it's just kind of being supported sometimes. So when we ask someone to understand, like how I think she was mentioning in the chapter, we're really asking them for their support through whatever we're going through. And so, yeah, it's just another kind of look into our theme and that what, into like a different look into our theme and that what you present to the world might not necessarily be what you're feeling on the inside. So when you might kind of, when you're going through some tough times, maybe you're, trying to take everything in stride and you're presenting the strong look to the world but maybe to some of your closest friends or family members you express to them that you know I'm not doing I'm not at my best right now and so then with their understanding or in this case with their support then they can help you work through those times and so I think that was a great lesson to be learned from this chapter that sometimes understanding can just boil down to support yeah I, I totally agree with that um Because I I think it makes perfect sense, too, how you don't have to completely put yourself in someone's shoes or 
try to make yourself really understand what they're going through to still be compassionate and support them. Like it, you know, it's not um, like a whole big thing where you're forced to kind of make yourself feel exactly like the person and really try to understand exactly what they're going through. If they are having, you know, if you can just tell that something's wrong when all you really need to do is just be there and show support in general. And that can kind of fix their issue just by itself without any like special looking into their problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, um, sometimes we think that maybe we can't help somebody that much just because we don't 100% understand what they're going through. But at the same time, that might not even be necessary, that we still can help them immensely, even though we might not know the exact minutiae and might not, again, be able to relate completely. And so, yeah, I think that was a great chapter on understanding. I would definitely like to thank Youngju for contributing to our anthology and sharing her story. I think it allowed for some interesting discussion in line with our theme today of portrayals and perceptions of teens. Um, But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. But listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so check out www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Make sure to also check out our newest anthology, which this chapter was actually from, at cynthiabryan.com slash online store. I'm Jovan Hundle. And I'm Jack Palacos. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. In addition, Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has just authored a brand new book, Growing With The Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. At the same site, make sure to also pick up the new anthology where we just read the chapter from, Be The Star You Are Millennials to Boomers. Uh, Make sure to keep listening as we continue our program with um, Joven Hundle presenting his eye-opening World Watch segment and how it relates to teen portrayals. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Jovan Hundle on Express Yourself, and today's theme is Common Portrayals and Perceptions of Teens. And I'm Jack Palacos. 
Today's show will continue with World Watch, presented by my co-host, Joven Hundle. Hey all, I'm excited to be bringing back World Watch for such an interesting theme today. I think it's especially topical at a moment now in our history where um, this generation's teenagers are really coming into their own. So if we look at how generations have been sort of stratified in the past, you know, we have the greatest generation who fought in World War II, the baby boomers who were born after the war during that large baby boom when soldiers were coming back from the war, we have Generation Xers, Generation Y, or as they're more commonly known, Millennials, and then now Generation Zers. So the exact cutoff for each of these generations aren't super straightforward, but Generation X is usually understood to have been people born sometime after 1960 all the way up to 1985 or even a little before. And then the Millennial Generation starts in right after that, about 1985. And then Generation Z um, either started slightly before the turn of the century or slightly after, depending on who you ask. It's safe to say, though, that if you're born 2000 or after, you're free to call yourself Gen Z. And so anyway, as more Generation Zers reach the age of 18 and officially become adults, we're going to start seeing their influence rise, similarly to how influential millennials now are on culture and society. Uh, millennials recently actually overtook baby boomers as the single largest voting bloc in America, and their influence will only continue to grow in many different areas of our society. And so similar, similar to that, Generation Zers will start seeing their voices heard more and more. And so for today's segment, I wanted to just kind of focus on different areas where Generation Z might provide a different perspective than generations in the past. And so the number one thing on the top of that list is diversity. So when you see portrayals of you know, baby boomers in America or even Generation X, then the demographics of those generations definitely tended to skew more white. Whereas now with Generation Z and as well as millennials, we're seeing a lot more different races and ethnicities and religions, creeds, all sorts of different diverse, all sorts of different um, areas of diversity are thrown into the list. So uh, it's Generation Z is actually, I believe, the most diverse uh, population America's ever had. And so we're definitely going to be seeing um, a lot of our we a lot of our leaders, whether it's political, whether it's our celebrities, whether it's any sort of influential people in our society, we're definitely going to be seeing uh, more diverse people fill those roles. And next we have empathy. So this actually might be a little um, and one that's not as straightforward in that you know a lot of different portrayals and perceptions of millennials and Generation Z seem to be that you know we're disconnected from each other. So we're too obsessed with social media or um, just computers, our phones, technology at large, in that we don't have you know, necessarily the face-to-face -face dinner conversations that we've had in the past, or we go out and talk with friends instead of just messaging them. But a lot of studies are now showing, actually, that Generation Z is on track to be the most empathetic generation ever. And so this partly has to do with diversity. Since we all come from different backgrounds, we're less likely to discriminate against each other depending on what those backgrounds are, just because since we all come from these different ones. Um, and then additionally, empathy also comes in the fact that, you know, in our education system, we're seeing all these anti-bullying efforts, we're seeing all these charities work to stop um, widespread bullying, 
We see for LGBT kids, there's organizations like GLAD. For Jewish kids, there's organizations like the Anti-Defamation League. There's a lot of different um, people out there doing good work to ensure that, you know, we're more inclusive and we're more empathetic with each other. And I think those are the main key reasons why Generation Z is on track to be the most empathetic generation of all time. And additionally, I wanted to talk about uh, millennials and, sorry, specifically Generation Z and teenagers in the field of education. So Generation Z is also on track to be the most educated generation of all time, with record numbers of Generation Zers either attending college, planning to go to college, or already on track to go to college, um, as well as more Generation Zers getting their high school diplomas as well as potentially going to a community college or getting vocational degrees. And so additionally, we're also seeing sort of shakeups in our education industry as response to sort of the common themes that we see amongst Generation Z. So among that is definitely our heavy reliance on technology. So now we're sort of seeing that apply to our education system. So for example, um, my school actually, Chirac High School, there's about, I believe it's around half the, half the classes now at my school now have regular access, as in three or more days a week, to Chromebooks. It doesn't necessarily mean we're using them for three or more days a week, but the option's always there for teachers if they want to exercise their ability to do so. So we have, um, it must be hundreds and hundreds of Chromebooks now at our school where we can access a computer for, you know, different review activities, research activities, any sorts of things that help us enhance our education experience. It's pretty startling for me personally, actually, because um, I remember a few months ago, I went back and visited my sixth grade teacher at my old elementary school. And it's pretty startling to walk in and see that her classroom had an in-house set of Lego Mindstorm robots for every single one of the kids in her class. So for those who don't know, Lego Mindstorms is this Lego initiative to teach children programming through robotics. And so it was pretty startling to me to see that just because I remember um, that at that same elementary school, I graduated from that elementary school just five years ago. And back then, the only real uh, technology that I guess we had was this one computer lab with 30 computers that the entire school shared. So different classes would have to schedule times for it, and it would, the Wi-Fi would always go down, and it would be really, really slow and always be lagging. And then now to walk in and see these state-of-the-art um, different robotics programs that they're teaching children programming on, it was pretty startling to see, and it reflected the fact that this um, perception of teen teens and children as reliant on technology has spilled into our education system and different education officials are now taking advantage on that to do a lot of good and start teaching um, teens and children, other children ways to apply themselves that incorporate technology. And so, yeah, other things that I wanted to note is, again, according to this perception of teens using technology, this has also allowed us to be you know, very technologically savvy. And so the doors that technology opens into our lives, whether it's, you know, streamlining communications, streamlining the flow of information, all this sorts of stuff, uh, we're going to be seeing Generation Z become um, more informed on different issues and become 
more exposed to these different issues. And so obviously there are definitely the downsides of technology, which I believe we've talked at length about in different Express Yourself versions, um, whether it's in regards to social media or anything else. There is definitely a lot of good to be done, and it's Generation Z that has really been the first ones to have the sorts of opportunities that technology has opened for us. And so other things that I wanted to talk about um, was just, you know, about industry at large. So there's a lot of different industries that uh, Generation Zers are shaking up. And so, for example, you know, there's that portrayal of teenagers as, you know, just walking down the street with your earbuds on, not really necessarily paying attention to much else going on. And if we explore that, though, with the whole concept of, um, you know, teenagers with their earbuds on, it's pretty startling to see that most, I believe the biggest way that teenagers might get their music is through Spotify or Apple Music or other streaming methods. So they've definitely shaken up the music industry that previously um, relied on physical CD or album sales. So yeah, I just thought this would be an interesting topic to go over for World Watch for our common perceptions and portrayals of teens theme and just um, discussing some of the ways that these portrayals and perceptions of teens has impacted different values and uh, different initiatives by generations. Wow. I can definitely agree with everything you were saying about how you went back and visited your old elementary school and you just noticed how much more technology there was in general because um like i just have noticed um like i haven't visited my elementary school recently but i've just noticed uh in like the years that i've been in high school or not high school but like the all my years leading up to high school pretty much every year my schools would be getting more and more technological additions to their school like i remember my middle school when i came in in sixth grade they did have uh, a good amount of Chromebooks, but they, you know, the teachers had to share the carts and rent them because there weren't that many. And then by the end of it, every single Chrome cart, I guess is what they call them, uh, each cart was held about 30. And I think there was about one per every two or three classrooms, which was insane to me because I like that's just so many Chromebooks for a middle school. And each cart had chargers in it, which was you know, I thought that was neat as well. So, like, they were always charged. So, yeah, like, they, I've definitely been n- noticing that there's just been a huge spike in uh, technology just being around schools and how much it's being used and how often because it pretty much went from only doing your work on paper to, in just a couple decades, mostly doing all of your work online and getting all of your grades online. And... So that kind of makes me wonder, yeah, do you think that like traditional, traditional American values uh, in Gen Z have any conflict with each other? Yeah. So, you know, something I think um, where you can definitely point the finger at is with something like the American dream. So, you know, the old thing was that if you work hard, live an honest, have an honest living, then you will succeed. Whereas even though that definitely still does ring true in some aspects, you know, there's stuff that Generation Z has to face, such as, you know, crippling student debt, tens and tens of thousands of dollars in student debt, that, you know, there are some institutional challenges now that Generation Z might have to face that other generations didn't have to face. So it's, um, so while definitely there's advancements being made in some regards, in other regards, we're being a little regressive. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that because it, it does. Yeah, it does seem like while there are a lot of values um, that are traditional and still, in a sense, are traditional um, because, you know, like things that are ethical tend to, you know, they're going to stay ethical. People don't really change their opinions on what is usually right and what's usually wrong. So I think that a lot of that is still staying the same. But, you know, there's definitely people that still believe that schoolwork should solely be done on paper. And then, you know, as a student nowadays, I would definitely argue against that because I'm just so used to doing a lot of work online. And I just think it's a lot quicker. And it's just you have so much more access to research online versus, you know, having to go to a library to research. So, yeah, I think that Gen Z actually, you know, we have a lot of advantages that traditional American values didn't have. But, you know, I think that overall, it's I think it's a good thing where uh, the technology is heading in general. And I think that this was a really fascinating conversation. But unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. But we're going to be continuing our conversation in the next part of the show. I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Visit BeTheStoryWar.org for more information about Express Yourself and BTSYA. And also look forward to chapters from our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, which is available now. Uh, make sure to also go to BTSYA.org slash events to find out more about upcoming opportunities for spreading positivity as a part of our charity. This has been another segment of Express Yourself Teen Radio, and make sure to keep listening as we continue our enlightening conversation on common uh, portrayals and perceptions of teens. Show the world your smile, be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Jovan Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we're all about the common portrayals and perceptions of teens everywhere. And I'm Jack Palacos. For this segment, we'll be continuing our conversation with our excellent reporter, Kenneth John, and his always interesting takes on 2020 Vision. Go for it, Kenneth. Thanks, guys, and hello. Uh, We have a very fitting topic for 2020 Vision today, and that's the distinction between media portrayal and reality. 
So there seems to have been an interesting shift in recent media portrayals of teens, and that's the pivot into darker tones in movies and shows. Uh, now, dark themes and tones in teen-centered entertainment has always been a consistent element within them, but recently, movies and shows seem to be bringing them closer to the forefront, where it's really highlighted and hard to miss. Um, I think this reflects a change in society as a whole, where mental health in young people has been consistently on the rise. Um, according to a 2018 report from Mental Health America, the rate of youth with major depressive episode increased from 11.93% to 12.63%. So more awareness is being raised about the issue, and movies and shows have seemingly begun to reflect that awareness. But even beyond that, there's been a movement in mainstream films and shows to depict reality as it is, not necessarily through realistic plots or visuals, but by highlighting themes of quote-unquote the hard truth and the fact of the matter. It's why things like superhero movies try to involve more politics and moral questions, and part of the reason why there's a bigger focus on diversity and representation in media. Um, call it postmodernism or maybe post-postmodernism, I don't know. Uh, it's a trend that's dictated the direction of a lot of the recent media portrayals of teens. Uh, and I think it's generally a good thing as a whole. Like I mentioned, there's more di diversity and representation for different groups. Uh, sensitive issues are tackled with more public support. However, I think we are starting to see a problem where media is beginning to overstep that line. And I think the biggest example of that overstepping is within the hit Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why. I want to say that it's perfectly fine if you enjoy the show and disagree with me. This is just the way I feel about its representation of teens. Uh, the show really exemplifies what happens when you try to address the hard truths about teenagers too head-on. Uh, the show's first season, which is about a group of students in the aftermath of a teenage girl's suicide, is debatably a little clumsy in its portrayals of bullying and mental health. Uh, people have made arguments that it romanticizes suicide, but it's honestly a very murky gray area. The second season, however, which deals with the aftermath of breakdowns and interactions that occur within the first, uh, goes even further, uh, depicting scenes of brutal sexual assault and the beginnings of a school shooting. The characters go through traumatic event after traumatic event. Even the look and marketing of the show with their gray, cold colorizations and pale makeup, it looks and feels some kind of like some kind of twisted, dark murder mystery. And while these terrible things like school shootings, harassment, isolation, and suicide are all realities that teens do need to deal with in real life, uh, there's a problem with depicting teen life as something constantly dictated and defined by those incredibly dark events. Uh, the school show doesn't make any indication that this is having this many tragedies happen back to back is extremely unlikely and a worst worst case scenario, uh, potentially even normalizing these things as just inevitable factors of teenage life. Uh, life isn't restricted to these chance occurrences in reality, and thinking they are just uh, thinking they are just inevitable inevitable parts of life breeds apathy, fear, or needless overreaction. I want to compare this with another film, one that I've briefly talked about before. Um, Moonlight is one of my favorite movies of all time because it deals with that dark aspect of reality with nuance and precision. Uh, the film is very dark, but its theme and tone is all earned. The kids in this movie are in toxic situations, but the movie makes it clear that these are some of the worst school environments in America. The pro protagonist who struggles with his sexuality is constantly bullied throughout the movie, but these bullies don't sexually assault him like they do in 13 Reasons. The movie depicts bullying how it usually happens, with smaller but consistent insults and threats and apathetic bystanders. A fistfight is basically the climax of the movie, which aptly underscores the significance of physical violence. Showing the darker aspects of teenage life is important, but doing so with thought and purpose is essential. Reality is extremely complex, and small factors lead up to big problems. Portraying that complex complexity is what makes the portrayal of teens in media great.
Oh, that's a really good take on it. I really liked hearing your perspective on that. And so I also want to ask you then, um, so you're talking a lot about 13 Reasons Why and how, you know, that a lot of, in a lot of places it sort of crossed the line um, when dealing with sensitive issues. You know, um, watching, I watched the first season of that and I enjoyed it just purely from, you know, like a television production perspective. But when you actually get into some of the issues, I definitely did kind of think it romanticized suicide a bit, as in, you know, you'll be able to kind of get back at people by committing suicide. I thought that was um, something that they portrayed all completely wrong in that show. But I did want to ask you then, so for you, where do you think the line does get drawn? So whether it's for teen movies or shows, when does something necessarily get too heavy or too dark? Um, yeah, I think it is kind of, it, it is really complex. And like you said, uh, like the way they handle suicide, something that's really dark, um, I think the handling is like the very like important part of it. Um, you can probably do anything if you like handle it correctly. Um, it's hard to imagine a scenario where you could do something as dark as maybe like showing the dead bodies of children but if you have, like, if you can do that well, you do it with a purpose, I think it, there is some kind of, like, alternate universe or some dimension where that could work and be portrayed tastefully. Um, yeah, and I think if those events are given the right amount of, like, consequential significance, um, they're emphasized as very, very dark things. Um, they can be, like, put onto a screen um, and done so with, you know, taste as opposed to just briefly, like, delving into these things uh, without much thought. Yeah, I agree with that, honestly, because it does seem like a lot of times uh, movies will, or TV series will just touch on dark topics um, just solely to, I guess, touch on them because they feel like they're supposed to bring them into a show, but they don't really portray them in an accurate sense of the way because a lot of times uh, dark topics like suicide don't really happen in the type of way that it happened in 13 Reasons Why. And from that, uh, that makes me wonder that, do you think that, you know, like all of the flaws that you were talking about in the way that 13 Reasons Why portrays teens, do you think that those were actually like an intentional message from the creators? Um, I think they were just mostly like mistakes after the creators are trying to like spread awareness. Like I, I think they did have good intentions. They were just trying to talk about all these um, issues that are going on with the world right now. Um, but like you said, I think they're just kind of uh, briefly going over them without really exploring each um, to its potential. Uh, yeah, they're kind of just going over these things, but they're not giving it the right amount of time, the right amount of depth that such an issue would require. And I think, yeah, that just comes down to a mistake on their part where they're not really uh, thinking about the consequences of what they're showing and um, the effects that that show might have. Yeah, and so um, would you change anything about the show if you were on the other end of the camera? Uh, I really think I, sh I would have just kept this show to suicide. Like, suicide is a very, very big and dark issue, as it is. Um, there's really no need to suddenly bring in uh, throw these characters into the midst of a school shooting and just throw in sexual assaults in all, into all of it. Um, you can maybe mention those things and like go into those uh, very lightly, but not like dive straight into it. You keep the focus on suicide because that's already such a huge issue that has a lot of uh, different 
connections and depth that can be explored. Yeah, it does kind of seem like uh, the their intention was to kind of talk about issues that TV series don't really want to talk about a lot because it's definitely probably a lot more fun to direct a comedy and probably a little bit easier too because you have to be really careful when you're creating a show that revolves around purely like the parts and aspects about life that people don't really like to be exposed to or like to think about as much as they would for something like a comedy and uh, I definitely agree that I think they uh, rather than focus on a bunch of all of these types of aspects of the dark parts of life, I think that they should have just stuck to one and done it really, really well instead of trying to fit in all these bad things. Um, and that also makes me think that I, I don't agree either with the way that teens are portrayed in like um, shows, not just 13 Reasons Why, because there's tons of other shows about teens that do really similar things where they completely inflate bullying to the point where, you know, it's like the stereotypical uh, bully pushing a kid into a locker and knocking the books out of his hand for no reason. Uh, and, you know, it's like the stereotypical jocks with the, you know, like the vests on with their school symbol, symbol sewn onto it. And that really like, you know, as a high schooler, that's really not what high school's like at all. And, you know, that's not really how bullying is like either. So what do you think is the biggest like specific change that you want to see in the dark portrayals or just even the way that teens are depicted in general in series? Uh, yeah, I think it would just have to be showing the consequences of every small little thing. Like you said, um, bullying is not that like dramatic in real life. It's much more subtle. It's more persistent, I guess. It's usually just like smaller actions uh, that are just applied over like a long period of time that just kind of drive people um, to a breaking point. Uh, and just like showing the significance of those smaller actions um, instead of trying to dramatize it as some like big thing where someone just punches another kid for no reason, you just show the consequences and the impacts of like smaller actions, smaller comments. Um, and through that, through the portrayal of that significance, can you actually like uh, relate it to reality and make a real point that gets across to its uh, gets across to the audience? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, like one hundred percent. Because, like like you were saying, it really isn't as simple as something where a kid just out of nowhere decides to pick on another kid and then they'll do something drastic like put them in a trash can or some you know like generic thing that you would see on a tv show it really is more of a bunch of little things that will happen over the course of months and months until eventually the um you know the person that's getting bullied just can't handle it and then that's when something a little bit more drastic happens and then they might try to um, defend themselves or take action against the person. But, you know, it's really not as simple as someone will just push someone and then the kid won't do anything and then they'll just be all sad. So I, I definitely agree with you that they need to, you know, just try to make it a little bit more accurate because if it, I feel like if it was more accurate, it would relate with a lot more people and have more of an impact, but it would still spread the same messages that they're trying to spread. And 
You know, I, I think that this was actually a really insightful discussion on what's going on with the media perceptions and the portrayals of today's teens. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have right now. So listeners, make sure to stay with us after the break. And I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Jovan Hundel. Find more information about our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com and make sure to follow BTSYA and express yourself at bethestarur.org to support our show and find more information about our literacy and positive media charity that has been a top-rated nonprofit for years and years now. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. My name is Jack Palacos, and you're listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio. And I'm Joven Hundle. Our theme for today's show is Common Perceptions and Portrayals of Teens. For this final segment, my co-host Jack will be bringing back his segment, Trent Without Ends, to discuss that theme. Take it away, Jack. Hey, audience. I'm Jack Palacos, and I'm really excited to be back on my segment, Trends Without Ends. Today, I'm going to be talking about teens and how the media portrays us. We're all unique individuals, and yet there are times that we're seen as a group. And this is not singled out to teens and is often talked about as groups. And, for example, uh, baby boomers, Generation X, millennials, and our generation called Generation Z. Overall, I think that entertainment media tends to use old stereotypes and new stereotypes as well. So generally speaking, I think that the stereotypes tend to be towards the extreme side just because uh, they're really, you know, if it's on a movie, then it's really there to entertain us be, versus being an accurate portrayal of teenagers. And some of the stereotypes that represent teens are still athletes, um, you know, are still like the jock type group who are, you know, really cocky and bully the nerds. And, you know, that doesn't really happen <laughs> anymore. I, I don't see any of the athletes at my school deliberately going out of their way to pick on smaller kids than them or nerdier kids than them that, you know, I never see this. Um, and at the, at my school, uh, the majority of students participate in at least some type of athletic activity, whether it's, you know, football, basketball, or cross country. Um, a lot of people participate in some sort of activity. And, uh, I think that, you know, since, uh, students participate in such a wide variety of sports. Um, you know, there's even more like weightlifting and golf. Um, I think that, um, you know, people at our school, you know, since there's so many people that, you know, are kind of athletic and stuff, 
there's not really like a specific group that's really, really athletic and picks on people who aren't really, really athletic. And I think that one of the spots that the media kind of overlooks is uh, women's sports, because I think that um, on the media, uh, you know, girls are often portrayed as like cheerleaders. And that's like the popular thing to do in movies. If you're a cheerleading girl, then you have, you know, like the cheerleading girls are always really pretty in movies and they're really popular, but you know, that's not really how it is in real life. There's girls who, uh, you know, play basketball, volleyball, water polo, soccer, and cross country and tons of other sports that are, you know, just as popular or how, whatever the movies want to portray the cheerleaders to be like. So I don't think that's accurate at all. And I think that they also, one of the main things is that movies always like to portray teens as just really addicted to TV or video games or especially their phones. And they also make it seem like teens are kind of addicted to social media and all they really care about is how they look on social media. But that's really not an accurate reflection of a lot of groups um, because, you know, especially what kind of goes viral on those sites like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, I think that you know, the specific videos that go viral, um, you know, it, it, videos that go viral often are ones that grab the reader's attention really, really quickly. So they're exciting and they might have some emotion attached to it, like maybe sympathy or like extreme laughter. And I think that a lot of viral videos can kind of give people this false image of teens as being exactly like what they are in a specific video that went viral, even though that's not true at all, because that's just one, you know, specific incident that happened. And, you know, just a lot of people might have thought that was funny. So it spread really quickly. And I think that that can give people the wrong impression of teens. And some of the characteristics of the current teen generation that are overlooked on media, I think is um, that drug and alcohol use and smoking and teen pregnancy, like all of those things that are bad are going way, way, way down um, lately, especially with Gen Z. So I think that it's kind of unfair of the media sometimes to portray teenagers as this group that, you know, steals alcohol from their parents or, you know, tries to smoke a lot and do bad things like that. I think that, you know, media oftentimes portrays kids in this negative way where, they do a lot of sneaky things and they do a lot of things behind their parents' backs like drugs. But in reality, uh, Gen Z has actually been making pregnancy rates and alcohol and drug abuse go way down according to like a bunch of um, surveys around the world. So I think that that's like a positive aspect of teens that is kind of being overlooked and in a way um, just plain false in the media. Well, that was a great segment, Jack. You brought up a lot of interesting points, and I want to uh, thank you for bringing back Trends Without Ends for this exciting show. Uh, with that, however, it is sadly time to say farewell. We do give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Uh, thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Joven Hundle. And I'm Jack Palacos. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be portrayed as who you really are. Be generous and be here. 
Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself